We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Tonight's podcast is a live edition of Group Therapy. I'm still by myself with Josh Bow out on leave. Coming to you on Thursday night, just before midnight, uh, East Coast time. The Dallas Mavericks pulled away late from the Milwaukee Bucks, 116 to 101, which is pretty outstanding. It was the kind of game which was really actually quite entertaining to watch. It was, uh, you know, the Mavericks looked a little sleepy early on. And proceeded to sort of keep pace with the Bucks. Luka Doncic played a much better basketball game compared to last night, save for one two-minute stretch in the third quarter. He seems that he's going to have an injured toe going forward, which is pretty gross. Uh, one of the uh, Attentacumpo brothers was tried to live in his head most of the night, but that didn't work out too well for him in the end. Kristaps uh, Porzingis played what I feel might be his most thorough performance since maybe the first Pacers game. Uh, really shot the ball well, uh, drove, had some outstanding dunks, rebounded the hell out of the ball, 17 total rebounds, doing his best Kelly Olenek impression, had six offensive rebounds, which I feel was, was kind of the engine behind his game. I really love it when he gets offensive rebounds. And the, the Mavericks uh, superstar duo really helped lead the way because the, uh, the bench guys, uh, Brunson and Hardaway in particular, struggled which was you know as i mentioned in my my recap was really ironic because you know brunson got a lot of love today in an article from sports illustrated there was a pregame package uh from valley sports about the two of them and then both of them went out and just didn't really play that well 
the the Bucks were obviously without uh, you know former MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, which probably made a difference. But at this point in the season, I don't think any of us are be, uh, uh, going to be you know beggars about what kind of win it was. It was just nice to see the Mavericks respond because there were a number of kind of all-star performances against the Mavericks. You know, Brooke Lopez looking like prime Dirk for two quarters. Uh, White Dante DiVincenzo looking just outstanding, actually led the Bucks with 22 points. But uh, the Mavericks really closed the door in the fourth quarter, scored 36 points to the Bucks 17 and just came back around. And really, you know, I think we should all be, you know, going to bed at some point tonight happy. I'm going to, uh, you know, punch some speakers now. I don't want to stay on super late tonight. I hope you guys don't mind. My butt is tired, but let's, you know, take as many questions and thoughts as we have. Uh, the first uh, guy waiting for me here is Jack Herman. Jack, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Can I, you hear I me? I can. You sound great. Um, I mean, this is a good win. I, I missed the, the first half of the, the game. My power was out of my house. Um, but I got to catch the second half, and I got to catch um, Josh Richardson hitting the side of the backboard. Um, I got to see him. For some reason, there was that one floater in the middle of the paint, and he, like, seemed to wait until Bobby (laughs) – I think it was Bobby Portis, or I don't remember who it was. But he waited and, like, double-pumped a floater in midair and, like, completely bricked it off the side of the backboard. And it was just so infuriating. I just don't know what he's thinking um, half the time. And, and also, where, where was Melly in the second half? Was he injured? I, that's a great question. I'm sure we'll find out more. Rick's probably doing post-game right now. Um, the Melly minutes, the one thing to remember with a guy like him is, okay, so he comes in and does nothing but hit two amazing three-pointers and then is never seen from again. If that's what he's going to do, I'm pretty psyched by it. Dwight Powell was high-key incredible in this game for, for the Dwight Powell that we've seen as of late. I mean, I didn't even talk about him in the opening here. He played 15 minutes, scored eight points, grabbed four rebounds, had two steals and a block. I mean, what? So that's why Melly didn't play, to be quite honest, um, because Porzingis played a lot. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith played a lot. They kind of, Everybody's minutes were around the mid-30s. So that, that kind of ended up being, um, you know, the deal there. But that that's that's essentially why I think Melly might not have played much in the second half, because Powell sort of – Powell was working. So what else you got for um, One thing I noticed, too, was after the um, KP had, like, a ghost foul call on him, and I don't, I don't think they reversed it, but after he fell down, he grabbed his knee. I just noticed that for a quick second. So hopefully that was nothing. The Mavs Moneyball Slack had, like, 60 messages in about a minute and a half. Um, everyone was freaking out. And then on the replay, you could see that, that he tripped over his own ankle – on the move and hit his knee on the ground, like directly. So, I mean, you know, look, the guy came out in the fourth quarter and buried three straight three pointers. So maybe someone needs to hit him on the knee more often. I don't know. I mean, it was really something. So, so this was was a lot of fun watching him play. I, I'm glad that he, he played on the second night of a back to back, which was, you know, they've been so cautious with him. And I've talked about this before and, and, it's it's important that people understand that he wants to play. He is right. extremely competitive. They won't let him. And so the fact that they let him tonight maybe means he made uh, quite the case for himself. I think that, that there is, 
as much as I don't really enjoy some of his his post game uh, uh, stuff when he gets very frustrated. I mean, it moved the needle enough to where he played tonight, and the Mavs needed the victory, and we're here now, happy. So I'm I'm delighted by it. And, um, and just just one last thing. I mean, at least we know that it wasn't like a non-contact injury because I think in the Clippers series as well, it was, um, or at least we know it's a contact injury because yeah. in the Clippers series, it was also contact. And I mean, at least like the the positive takeaway is that he's being aggressive. I know yes. you don't want him to get injured, but at least he's not doing a non-contact. I well, the the aggressiveness for KP is something that that is so valuable, and I I don't know. Sometimes the offensive scheme robs him of it, where he's just kind of outside of the three point line. But that's why I really like the offensive rebounding is it gives him a chance to really mix it up. And and against the the smaller Bucks, he was just in position a few times, and there was one that resulted he was hustling. in hustling. He was he really, really hustling. Like, he gets very feisty for the ball and the offensive rebounds. It was just it was it was nice to see. It was going out of bounds. It was going yes. out of bounds. I remember that one. It was pretty incredible. I've never really seen him do that before. It was nice. Nice. Well, Jack, thanks for coming thanks on for up. Me, I appreciate man. you. I'm going to bring up some more people. Thanks for having me. All right. Okay, coming up next, we have Jordan. Hey, Jordan, what's going on? Hey, not much. I loved this game. Uh, I did see that Dorian got the belt. Um which I kind of wonder if that was because, like, Carlisle didn't want to choose between Luca or KP. But Ooh, it was I fantastic. Like um, well, yeah, I mean, if you have multiple people kind of thinking about it, I suppose that's, that's you know, the if you're going to have a, an award like that, you want to have multiple people vying for it. I like that. It was fantastic. This was the greatest defensive effort that I've seen from, the, from uh, Luca and KP together, I think, ever. Uh this was it was awesome. Tonight was really fun to watch. Uh, well, Luca's the only one who fantastic. hasn't got. Luca's the only one who hasn't gotten the belt yet, and and he's clearly kind of thirsty for it. So that yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he'll get it soon. Uh, the other thing that I want to say is that we should probably rename Miss Shots uh, Josh Richardson's at this point. Like it's getting really bad. <laughs> That's brutal. But I mean, the guy. The guy's in some quicksand right now. I the fact that he finished six for sixteen. I don't remember his six shots or six makes. I feel like he just missed sixteen, but it's it's great. I mean, he still finished with a plus twenty six. He's all over the place. Um, you know, I'm glad they survived it. Uh, you know, somebody pointed out in the chat who was it that said here? Uh, 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 Ryan points out that 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 he, uh, Dorian got the belt because Middleton was locked up, which is true. Middleton very is, true. Middleton is incredible when he's on, and it just he looked a little off tonight, and that's because the Mavericks were wearing his stuff. Yeah, Dorian was fantastic on locking him down, and then even on switching. Uh, the thing for me was that there were a few times where Holiday uh, tried to get a switch onto KP and couldn't mm-hmm. beat KP, and Which that was great. where. Yeah, no, I was shocked. <laughs> well, because John Wall kind of ate KP's lunch last night. It, it was, yep. uh, it w- and it wasn't that KP was even playing bad. Like Wall was just sort of on one, and that's and that's going to happen every now and again. And and Drew is outstanding, and and you know early in the game, the first half's a little rough, but the second half was much much better. And it's just, I don't know. I feel that for the last ten games or so, Porzingis is using his length much more to his advantage, where he's actually contesting, you know, things out past ten feet, getting his hand up. 
he there was one play late in the fourth where he he challenged you know two three pointers in a row, and it's just like I don't remember him doing that, which is just I don't know. It was really great to see. It's exactly what you talk about. Probably you know the best com- combined defensive effort from both of them, but for KP, probably just his one of his most complete performances of the season, which is nice because uh, for sure I don't know if you if you guys follow me on Twitter, I was. Uh, mm, uh, engaging in discussions with people all day about him, and I'm I'm pleased to see that that he came that he showed. Well, like I said on Twitter, it, he proved that uh, he listens to Mavs Moneyball after. Was that your incredible meme? I liked it. Yes, I enjoyed it. And we're gonna someone someone needs to go po- post that in the chat so everybody can see. Well, Jordan, right. what else you got for us? Uh, that's all. Thanks for coming up. I appreciate you as always. Let's see who else we got next. We're gonna bring up Christian. Christian, what's up? Christian, are you there? Is it doing the thing where it's kicking you out? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? Okay. Um, So, yeah, I thought it was a a great game by KP. You know, I was a little bit frustrated early on because, you know, he got like the first five possessions. And, you know, I actually would defend KP quite a bit, but the bitching is just getting annoying. But he really showed out. And I think one of the highlights for me was, you know, him and Luca, uh, the chemistry seemed to be clicking there in that fourth quarter. Uh, they were kind of celebrating each other, which, you know, I, I think is a positive sign because I've said it before, but regardless of what we think of KP at times, um, our ceiling, particularly in the playoffs, is going to be dependent on those two. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, it was good to see just the effort all around. And, you know, even without Giannis, this is a good team. Like Drew yeah. Holiday is a great player, uh, Chris Middleton, et cetera. And to be honest, I'm pretty excited to see uh, hopefully when JJ's back and healthy, what he could possibly be as another piece, especially when we need a bucket and just kind of keeping him out there on the wing or even just the threat of him to open some things up. So, you know, good win, uh, definitely happier than last night. And I hope to see uh, JJ uh, soon and hopefully he's informed and interested to see what that. Yeah, it was funny because, you know, Luca finished with five assists last night. He had nine tonight, and, and it's there's a struggle for most of last night. And tonight he had five in, like, the first quarter. I mean, the Mavericks were just, just connected on, on a few more shots. If, if you know, uh, if Dorian would have been able to connect on a few more, this might have been a blowout earlier. Um, it is good to see some kind of inter-team chemistry. I, I will say something that I wrote about, and I'm trying – I didn't know how to phrase it because – I didn't want to seem like I was issuing a mea culpa about KP because I largely don't think my criticisms are inaccurate, but it was really wild to watch the Mavericks run offense in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I, the Luka isolations last night were bad, 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 bad. And then they just kind of stayed bad. And tonight it's like, oh, they're running things where people are doing things off ball while Luka's breaking guys down. And you know, KP's not buried in the corner. And, like, those little things, you know, I, I get that Carl wants the team, you know, you know, calling back to Iztok's piece about the, the Mavs offense, that they want them to be unpredictable. But I feel like Carl, to a certain extent, it tries to, like, save certain things for, you know, down the line in the playoffs. And I get it. 
but the Mavericks aren't quite good enough to do that. They need to get wins. And so, by you know, getting out of the sixth seed is going to be very important. It, there's still an outside chance they can do just that. You know, the Lakers lost again tonight. There's a lot the Mavericks have have going for them if they can just do their part. So it's nice to watch, you know, there, there's all sorts of cascade effects from a win like this after a loss last night. So I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. Um, what else you got, Christian? Anything? No, I mean, just uh, much more celebratory, you know, obviously today. And, you know, I think I'm just going to touch one last time on the point I made both after the Jazz win and now, or uh, last night. When this team shows energy, effort, and all of that, more times than not, we have a good game. And they need to understand that to take that next step, that's exactly what they need to do. Every night, this is the NBA. It doesn't matter if you're playing the Rockets. They play in the NBA. They're all good. And hopefully that they take last night's uh, loss to heart and also see that they can be, you know, after – uh, two out of three games beating both the Jazz at full strength and beating the Bucks, what they can do. And that six seed is so important. So, you know, go Mavs, and hopefully they, uh, they, they kind of digest that and understand it moving forward. Yep, yep. Well, thank you again for coming on up. I appreciate you. Um, before I bring on the next, uh, a, a, you know, person to talk and ask a question, I want to read – some post-game commentary from Chris Tapsperzingis. This is from Tim McMahon, and then Brad Townsend, I think, asked the, asked the question specifically. Uh, but the quote from Porzingis is, uh, on, on playing with Luka Doncic was kind of the question. Yeah, we're trying to play together and help each other. We want to win. At the end, we all want to win here, and that's it. We have to keep playing and keep playing together and keep playing well to help each other. And McMahon followed up noting that that – Brad Townsend had asked, you know, specifically about the the frequent lack of interaction between the two of them and that Porzingis didn't exactly shoot that down. That's I there's about 700 ways that we could go with that. I I you know, part of me appreciates the fact that they that that Porzingis it, it was open and honest about that. Part of me also thinks all that does is add fuel to like the speculative speculation whenever I'm, you know, on one, for example. But, you know, we all kind of feel that way whenever things aren't working out right. But, you know, see, basketball season is long. The careers are long. Like they, these guys have to figure like teams, you know, things aren't done you know, by themselves. So these guys are going to have to kind of figure this out. And the fact of the matter is when these guys play together, the Mavs win like 60 percent of their games or more. So there's there's really something there that they're going to have to figure out. Um, okay, I'm going to bring up Michael next. Michael, what's Michael, up? What's... Hey, hey, Kirk. Um, so the Mavs had an extremely impressive win tonight, so naturally I'm going to talk about something completely unrelated to the result. <laughs> and and so I've uh, I've just been thinking since the J.J. Redick trade, or I guess the, the Melly trade, um, how J.J. Redick is going to fit into the rotation. And I think I've finally figured out that I want him to take at least 10 of Josh Richardson's minutes every night. I, I mean, I think there's something there to that. 10 minutes would be outstanding because the Mavericks have to buy minutes for all of their starters. They cannot play an eight-man rotation. You look at the minutes totals tonight, and it's 30, 30, 30 plus across the board. Um, they can't afford to keep doing that. 
it's just going to wear, you know, they have, they, they wanted to get this win tonight. They have two days off, which is going to be great. Um, but that was a big, big part of this. So I, I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's a, a good thing to hope for. Even if he only plays, I mean, there's 22 games remaining. Even if he only plays like 12, that, that would be helpful because it's, it's such a long season. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. He can just get into a groove going into the playoffs and also means that we don't have to see Trey Burke hit the floor again. Whom? Whom? Who is Trey Burke? Man, do you remember how much we loved that guy in the playoffs? He was so on fire for like four games and just, (laughs) I'm still surprised Orlando didn't take Evan Fournier for Trey Burke straight up, but I don't know. And he apparently roasts Orlando. Like, that's kind of his, like, the place where he scores the most points. (laughs) Uh, um, I don't really have much else. You can move on to other people. Uh, I just, it, it's a good win, but last night's loss still tastes disgusting. So. Oh sure, I was mad. I was mad all day. I was mad all That's day. Same. Was, was, I, I, I told. I don't even know what to do with myself. I told my friends I wouldn't consume any Mavs content for 24 hours until tonight, and I found myself listening to every podcast and on Twitter for eight hours. So. See, that's fine. See, when, when, when the Mavericks lose, we see like a 30 to 40% drop off in our podcast listens. <laughs> like people are like, I don't want to hear that Kirk asshole. I don't really blame him. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on up. I appreciate you. Um, All right, thanks. Let's see here. Coming up next, we have Doug. What's happening, Doug? Hey, how are you? I'm better now. Me too. Uh, as frustrated as I was with, how the Mavs played in the fourth quarter to last night. I was really, uh, really pleased to see how they came out and took things, especially how they ended the third quarter. I mean, talk about awful. I mean, it was a 12-0 run to end the third quarter, but then uh, played really good fourth quarter. I think it was like 36-17, which uh, as, as impressive as the 36 is, the 17 may be just as more, you know, that may be more impressive. Sorry, I muted myself. Yeah, it, it, they were. I don't remember a game that would they were behind like that and closed the door that hard. It usually happens the other way around, where the Mavs are up, yeah. and then their offensive putters. And it was it was just nice. It was, it was refreshing. Yeah, and you know the one of the things that uh, probably is not going to be. Uh, looked at as a major thing, and, and and I don't know that it totally is, but I really do think the Mavs play differently when uh, when Maxi is on the floor. Um, not that he's always you know getting the buckets or getting the rebounds or whatever. I just think that he he contributes in in ways that are are just really really positive towards just the overall performance of the team. Well, if you listen to Hawks fans. Maxi is the reason that Luka Doncic gets triple doubles because they 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 erroneously believe that he had a contract had part of his contract where if he didn't rebound then he would get a a roster bonus. It was an incredible conspiracy theory I stumbled upon yesterday. But so the Mavericks are something like uh, five and nine when he doesn't play. It's something like that. And you know, yeah. granted, that also includes some of the. Um, like the six game losing streak, right. but he's, he's just very important because of his switchability. Uh, yes. the, the, he's big, he's long, he's sometimes slower than he used to be, but he just adds kind of a stabilizing factor to both sides of the ball. I agree with you. Well, he, he, one of the things that he not only switches as far as front court players, but he even does decently 
against some of the backcourt players. I think they, there was several times he ended up on holiday in the second half and really did a good job of, again, he wasn't blocking his shot or whatever, but he was just in position, mm-hmm. kept him from doing what he was doing in the first half. And, uh, and so, again, that's one of those things that, uh, like you said, he is not – He's not going to be the guy that uh, anybody's looking to to put them in a championship game. But, boy, he sure makes a positive contribution. Yeah, I'm, I was glad to see he came back tonight because it just really settled things. It was kind of – he's, he's just, just that nice stabilizing factor that I really appreciate. Um, well, Doug, what else you got for us? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Jalen Brunson comes out of whatever funk he's in because I do believe that uh, – they're going to need him to be back playing, you know, the way he had been. And maybe, maybe he's, that was just a streak. That was an outlier. Uh, but I really do think that that's going to be important. And sure. It's possible that JJ Redick is going to kind of fill that role as kind of that spot scorer and all that. But uh, I really still think that they need Jalen to be back to at least somewhat where he was. Well, I, what was the stat? Somebody in the in the chat, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the Sports Illustrated article today, I believe uh, Jalen Brunson leads the league in in finishing percentage in the restricted area. Like mm. it's it's something absolutely bananas. Like the kind of number that Luca was putting up last year. I I have I could have it wrong. I, I somebody can can share the Sports Illustrated article in the Slack is really good. Um, but it. it it, he'll he'll be fine. He'll be back. He's he's the most consistent Mavericks player. It was this was just one where he was kind of off from the get go, but he still managed to impact the game in little ways. It was it was just the shooting that felt really rough. Yeah, and, they, and I was actually surprised on last night's broadcast. Uh, they showed a graphic that that showed that uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jalen Brunson were the top two bench scoring duos. I was I was shocked because I thought it it would have had to have been uh, Joe uh, Joe Ingles and uh, uh, who's the other guy coming off their bench? Right, right. No, I know what you're talking about. I'm, I can't remember names either at the moment. <laughs> but uh, that that surprised Clarkson. me because there they here you go. Yep, it definitely is is one of those things that uh, that that too uh, having them both scoring still coming off the bench is is huge. Yep, yep, and and they'll be back, and we'll feel good about them on Sunday night, I'm sure, with a couple days rest, because the Mavericks certainly need it. Well, Doug, thanks again, as always. Thanks for having me up. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to get to a couple more people, and then maybe we'll cut out of here early tonight so I can uh, go to bed before 2 in the morning. Juan, what's happening? Hey, Kirk. Um, so, yeah, I guess I uh, just want to start with um... – Apologizing to Finney Smith, uh, I kind of shat on him last night. Um, <laughs> he had a he had a big couple of uh, clutch shots. Uh, those threes were just really energizing, especially with the the um, the dagger. And then he had that like momentum driving block on uh, I forget who it was, but uh, I think it was Middleton, right? Middleton trying to yam on him, and he just blocked it. And they they had that uh, that review. Um, so yeah, that was, that was cool. And then, um, yeah, I think, I think KP might be listening to you. Um, I know you kind of like criticized him last night and he responded with like a big rebounding game. And a lot of those were like big boy rebounds too. Really, really tough boards. Like the kind of ones where it's just, you know, if I'm watching this with, with any, if, if anybody were watching this game with me, it'd be the kind of rebound where you look at me and go, see, like just some really good stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
but I, I think I think a lot of your criticism of KP is fair uh, for what it's worth. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe he listens to you. Well, um, you know what? <laughs> to be wrong on KP and the Mavericks winning a championship is all I really want in life. So, you know, maybe that would be something. But it's 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 just nice. It's it's good to see that he got to sort of dictate his own destiny a little bit because I bet he argued that he wanted to play tonight. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but I bet yeah. he just really wanted to. And then he showed out in a really big way. It's nice. Yeah. It's just it's, it's important. The Mavs needed to win that one. So. Yeah. yeah, actions actions speak louder than words. So that's right. Well, so while while we're here, I want to throw throw something out there. The the Rick Carlisle quote <laughs> about the Luka Doncic technical is absolutely hilarious. He says he's smart. He knows where what where the count is, and if he's going to get his sixteenth. He'll get it in a situation where it's time to rest for the night anyways. I'm not really <laughs> worried about it. <laughs> that is funny. Carl is just such a troll. He is such so a troll. Funny. Oh well. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming up. You got anything else for us? Um well, I guess yeah, to finish up, um, I was speaking about how important Maxi Kleber was last night, and then someone who followed me was like, uh, he wouldn't have made a difference in the Houston game. Um, so I was just looking at the the, the box score. Uh, Maxi hit four out of seven threes, plus 13. So uh, to that guy, how about them apples? <laughs> and, oh, yeah. then, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I guess like the just to um, uh, piggyback off of the previous speaker, you know, like the it, when this team is like complete, everyone seems to be like a force multiplier for each other. Um, they just like reach a different height, you know, when everyone is playing. So what you're describing, what you're describing there is a concept that is is called teamwork. And <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes the Mavericks seem to just not have it because I think Luca has the ball so much. I mean everybody yells like like the Mavs money ball, uh, if you ever check the comments, like our commenters are not the biggest Luca fans, which is interesting. But they always kill me for being a big time Luca guy and I mm-hmm. Some of the criticism about him having the ball a lot are accurate. They have to figure some things out in the future. But, like, tonight the ball really moved. The ball it was did, moving yeah. a lot. It was great. Yeah, it was amazing. I have to look at uh, the the assists. Uh, but I, know, I was just, like, really happy to to see the Mavs win this game and, you know, um, really outplay the Bucks. You know, yeah. uh, you look at the rebounding, the blocks. I mean, the, the numbers show it and, and the eye test show it. So That's this great. was a really great bounce back game. So. Well, thanks for coming up. I hope you come back later on in the week. You have uh, you have a good night, all right? You too. Thanks. Okay, coming up next, we've got a few more people. Brandon, what's, what's up? Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? I can. Awesome. So I just had a couple of things. I didn't really want to get into the KP thing, but I guess we are. Um, I So I love KP. I, I guess maybe I love the idea of KP. Kind of similar to, I guess, how the league looked at Aaron Gordon mm. and, you know, how he – and I, I know you, you always say Aaron Gordon thinks he's LeBron because, of course, down in Orlando, that's kind of how he played. Sure. Because the roster was, you know, garbage outside of Vucevic. But in Denver, I think they're like 6-0 and now. Yep. And he he is just – they're murking people. Their net rating it, is like plus 30 with their starters. They're killing oh, it teams. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, he's fitting into that exact role that everybody was like, well, if he can just do this, you know, a team could be super successful with him. Um, yep. And that's a kind of similar thing with KP is just 
tonight he showed exactly what he can be. And that's that off ball finisher of, Hey, I'm going to roll to the basket. I'm going to get those offensive rebounds. Once I've kind of got my fill of those, I've got my rhythm. Okay. Now I'm popping, I'm hitting, you know, I'm draining three threes in a row. I'm hitting my mid range shots for once. So like, I, I love KP. It's just very frustrating to watch last night. And then this night, like just the difference and it almost seems like it's just energy level. Well, the me. first three, I mean, he missed his first three shots, three bad misses that were felt like, right. oh, we got to get KP the ball. And then but he this, went and on, like, he finished 10 of 17 after that because things started to just come easy. I, I, there's this midline the Mavs have to figure out between treating him like a super special boy who needs to get post-ups and, and does things that he wants and then where he's like running at the rim like a force of nature. I think that they don't really want him to be a rim runner too much because they're really kind of worried about him, his body. But damn, I mean, the dude is huge and he's good. This, this, sometimes they just make things really complicated and I don't understand why. I mean, one day we'll find out, but it's not going to be tonight. Yeah, no. I mean, I, in my opinion, I just feel like he's such a rhythm guy. You need to get those rim runs first, get the deep you know, not just when he gets like 15 feet away for a post-up, but like when he really seals his guy in yeah. for an easy lane or a foul or get him those easy shots first. Well, we also, and then every single Mavericks in. player, including Luka Doncic, needs to go to post-entry remedial passing school. <laughs> this stuff drives me crazy. I was a post player back in the day. You, you put your big, you, you got a guy on your back, you put your big ass hand in the air, and the, the guy's supposed to pass you the ball where your hand is. They throw the ball KP's knees. They throw it late. And I'm just like, guys, he is huge. Hit him where he is. Uh, I don't know. I, look at me. I'm, I'm defending KP tonight after lighting him on fire. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that would certainly help his post-up numbers. So, but yeah, he's, he's good. I'm, uh, the, you know, the, the Mavs don't work without him long-term. They, uh, either they figure something, if he's, you know, I don't really want to talk about him not being on the team next year because when they win like tonight, it's like, oh, yeah, this is what they envision, you know? Exactly, yeah. And then just last thing, um, I think you re- – I can't remember who tweeted it first, but uh, we really cannot have Luca be good at three-pointers – and at free throws at the same time, and it's ah crazy. yeah, Ma- Reddit Mavs. It's uh, it's yes. what it, the man he can't have too many powers all at once. It's just like he has to shed one. The free throw thing is weird, but he's also not getting the line that much. I mean, we the the chat's been talking about it about he's just not getting any respect right now. And 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 Thanos Atentacumpo, whatever his name is, was just humping Luca all night and was not getting away with anything, or was just getting away with all of it and. It's a couple of games in a row where it's just like Lucas in the rim getting bumped and shedding guys and not getting the N one calls that he was getting a year ago. It's nuts. Yeah, the uh, the one play with Thanasis, uh, whatever his yes, Thanasis. Look at me calling. I mean, he ran up almost behind Luca, bumped into him, and then flopped on the ground, and then they called an offensive foul on on Luca. That was. Absolutely ridiculous. But Luca kind of even liked that one. Like he was smiling after it happened because he was just like, "Wow, you bought that." So I don't know. That <laughs> that is what it is. But Brandon, I appreciate you coming up. Thanks for having me. Yep. Okay, gonna be a couple more people. Even though more people are now asking to come up, and I say that every night. Tyler, what's up? How's it going, man? So I was checking the standings after the game because that's what I yes. do. 
so the Mavs, if they were magically in the East, would somehow be fourth, right ahead of the fourth place Hornets. All right. Um, that, that just kind of blew my mind. But uh, anyway, no, it's upsetting. It's 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 a, like you just stare about it. The more you think, it, it's like life is unfair. I, I really feel bad for the teams like Memphis and Minnesota, who are like further east than us, and it's just like they kind of got screwed by Big NBA. <laughs> Big NBA, I like that one. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, uh, my main point that I was going to get into was uh, kind of not really about the game at all, but given the situation of the Lakers and their injuries and then our remaining schedule, what do you think a reasonable goal should be for us to get into the standings, whether it be just avoiding the play-in or a particular seed? I mean, I think they have to avoid the play-in. That has to be the goal resting those games is as important to me than put, you know, resting night in night, you know, the every couple of, you know, back to backs, the sort of things they've been doing so far. I just, I really think they need to avoid that plan. Now, how likely is it? I have a hard time with this because the math is something I struggle with um, because you look at the standings and you're like, okay, well they have, you know, two games. They can make up those two games. It's the Mavs won five straight and we're in seventh place the whole time. Like it, it's it's just not that easy, and as the fewer games come along, it's going to be wild. When uh, over the what is it? It's going to be like the last ten games of the year where the Mavericks play like the super tankers. It's going to be and, and they have an opportunity to you know go on an actual streak. And I think that might be the like they're not. I really wouldn't be surprised if they don't move up if they if they continue to play at the clip they've been playing at. If they move up into sixth, I don't think it's going to. I got gotcha. you. It's kind of funny. I have a friend who's a Timberwolves fan, and we played them last, and I've already talked to him about uh, the end result of that last game being very important for both teams. Yeah. Well, Tyler, I appreciate you coming up again. I hope you come back a little uh, next time we do this. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good night. All right. A couple more folks. Conscience of the program. Jason, what's happening? Jason, you there? The audio might not be working. All right. Invite yourself back in in a second if it lets you. Um, let's go to Jesse. Jesse, what's up? What's going on, Kirk? Um, so, Lakers lost. Portland lost. That's fun. Uh, we won. Uh, this is the first time in, like, forever, and one of the very few times we actually won the offensive rebound battle. And uh, you love to see it. When KP is actually rebounding really well, this team is completely different. It, it It is, but rebounding is an energy stat, and the Mavericks just don't – and it's a team stat, and the Mavericks as a whole are sometimes very rough with it. There was one where I – it was like a long rebound that just like went past Tim Hardaway Jr., and, and I've been making the joke since I found out about the Atlanta Hawks, like like the their rebounding conspiracy, that like Tim Hardaway is the guy that they pay – that the that the Mavericks pay not to rebound because it just – the dude sometimes just doesn't do it. Um, none of them box out. I mean, that's kind of an NBA problem more than anything. But it's, I don't know, rebounding such a weird thing. And and uh, Porzingis just feeds off of getting the ball in, um, you know, situations where he's close to the rim. But he he wants to catch the ball further out. And it's it's when he gets like one of those easy ones to go. Like after that dunk, he just played so outstanding. I. I I just wish the Mavericks could find something that gets him going. That's an easy, like that's not a turnaround, 
but like that's a drift, like something where he catches it right near the rim because he, he he finally settled it to start the game when he caught and and was fouled on a noop from Doncic where he hit both free throws and it's like that's the sort of stuff that I that that I wish they would they would do more of but he just doesn't rim run that much right I think they're saving it for the playoffs like I think they will start turning this up towards the very end of the year and and use it in the playoffs but you know how Carlo likes to save things so we'll yep yep well I appreciate you coming up you got anything else no that's it I'll let some people talk thanks a lot man all right, coming back up, Jason. It's going to work this time. Jason, what's happening? There you go. I can hear you now. No, still can't hear you. That's okay. All right. Um, let's see your last speaker request. Jonathan, what's going on? Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? I can. Awesome, man. Appreciate you uh, hosting this. Um you know, one of the things that I always pay attention to toward the end of the games is it's kind of that closing five that we take down the stretch and specifically the guard rotation between Hardaway, Brunson, Richardson, and, and you know, always curious kind of see what Carlisle runs with. And I think in the playoffs, you know, you're talking about a matchup game, but I'm curious to get your feel for what your preferred kind of closing five is as we kind of get in, in these clutch situations against higher level competition Ooh, that's a good question and i don't have a good answer because offensively you i want hardaway but then hardaway does stuff every now and again where it's like dude have you played basketball before like the turnover (laughs) at the end of the third quarter where he just threw it all the way across the court to milwaukee it's like man what is happening with you but i mean it's luca kp Dorian Finney-Smith is crazy, as that is to say out loud. Does it have to be Maxie? I, man, this is tough for me. And Brunson's got to be the guy, a guy on the floor, though, because I love he and Luca's two-man game that they have going. Uh, teams seem to have a really hard time with that. And so it's really got to be, you know, a mix and matching situation because they're set, you know, they play kind of the eight-man guy, and, and I'm okay with Carlisle playing it on a, on a night-by-night basis because sometimes just dudes just don't have it. You know, Richardson's probably been frustrated every now and again when he gets taken out at the end here, but he's just, he's been rough with the one exception of the outlier game earlier this week. He's been bad for like three weeks, and, and the, you know, the Mavericks need more from him. And so he's, you know, one, he'll find it eventually, but it's, it's a long season, but right now he doesn't have it. And so the, it's nice to go to a luxury like Hardaway off the bench. So I, I really don't have a great answer for you. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think, I think Richardson is always the most interesting to me with, you know, like tonight he was a, he was a dog on defense. And so yep. he just, I, I mean, between he and, and Finney Smith, like you couldn't take him off the floor because we were just suffocating Utah down, down the stretch. And so it's like, well, on that end, it's great, but then you get on the other end and he hits the side of the backboard uh, with an open three, and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> it'd be great to have Tim Hardaway there. Uh, and and that's where, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, I think we harp on it as Mavs fans. You're looking for that third or fourth guy, uh, and maybe Jalen's the third guy, but <clears throat> even on the wing to have somebody who can who can who can play defense but also create a little more consistently. And, and I guess I'm still optimistic Richardson can can get to that level come – come playoff time or maybe with an extra year or two of continuity. But uh, I think, I think that's where our biggest hang up is as far yeah. as consistency in the clutch. I mean, absolutely. And really just some creativity. 
too. Yeah. They've been much better in the clutch this year than last year, but the Houston game was just such a good example of where they went into a shell, even though they were behind and played one-on-one basketball, which was just awful. It's awful mm-hmm. to watch. Ugh. Yeah. Well, you know what? This is a great win. I'm very pleased with it. I think we should wrap this up. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. All right. So here's the deal, guys. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to run one of these tomorrow at lunchtime. If you want to come on, I'm going to tweet about it a little later tonight or tomorrow. Want you to you know send me some questions. We'll talk about a lot of different stuff if we need to. Um, you know, I've been doing these Friday at noon just to to you know kind of keep with the schedule. And the, we've ended up you know having nice times. They're not quite as uh, enthusiastic or as depressing as these, depending on what's going on. But if you get an opportunity, please hop in. As always, I appreciate you guys coming out. This was kind of a, a crappy day for me, and this is a nice uh, nice end to it. So. I will uh, talk to you guys uh, maybe tomorrow. Everybody have a good Friday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.